Hello, good evening. Welcome to episode 23 of Axing the Future. I'm your host, Axel. I am a 13-year-old photographer, huge Saints fan, and now podcaster from Melbourne, Australia. In today's interview or chat, we're going to be talking to Jake. He's also a mad Saints fan like myself. He runs an Instagram account called Saints TV Official, which has over 17,000 followers, which runs down all the news and updates from the Saints. He also has his own podcast called the Saints TV Podcast. Make sure to go check that out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Welcome, Jake. Hey, Axel. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Sorry about that little muffle up at the start, but it's good that we're finally, finally on the call. Yeah, it's good to be here. I mean, disappointing last night, but it's still good to chat to another Saint. Ooh, let's have a talk about that. How, oh, that first quarter, God, that made me happy. Me and Dad were sitting on the chairs and Dad was getting excited. And I'm like, Dad, it's happened before against Adelaide. Let's let's just be careful. How did you feel? Uh, yeah, I was um, running up and down the stairs at my house because my girlfriend was upstairs doing some work and, and she wanted to watch the game, but she couldn't. She was a bit busy. And we'd kick one, we'd kick two, we'd kick three, and I'm just running upstairs. I'm like, 18-0, back down. Max King kicks another, 24-0, 31-0. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like, the best quarter of football all year. But like you said, I didn't really want to get ahead of myself because mm. I just had a feeling Geelong were going uh, to get back into the game. Yeah, it's, um, it, oh, God, it was it was really hard to watch. But Max King, hey, he's, he's really proved himself against the top eight sides this year. What is he, most contested marks and second most for goals behind Mackay? Uh, yeah, he'd be right up there. I think he's had, he took at least a couple of contested yesterday, so mm. he'd be over 30 contested, and I think he's kicked 38 or 39 goals mm. after missing so many in the yeah. first part of the year. So next year, like, it could he could be close to the best forward in the game. If he yeah. just puts on a bit more muscle. So, very exciting. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It was funny. There were points of the year, you know, when he kicked one goal five and he yep. showed glimpses. And I was like, oh, was Maxi King the right pick? Like, was Ben the better of? Like, I was a bit <laughs> no. kind of weighing it up. But now I'm so happy we got him. What? Do, who do you think the key players were yesterday, in your in your opinion? For, for Saints or yeah. for, for Cats? The Saints. Um, for Saints, uh, I mean, I think Max has to be right up there because our – we were five goals up really because of him and he went off the ground. He was injured again, which is the downside to the game. Mm. Um, but when he was off, we didn't have any targets inside 50 that could clunk the ball like he was doing. Yeah. And it just brought Geelong back into the game. And when he was off, they kicked three goals. So yeah. that's that shows how important he is. Yeah. Um, and Jack Steele, his first half was crazy. 20 disposals. Um, but after that, I think they tagged him. So that that kind of quelled his influence on the game. Yeah, I, he had such a good first quarter. That third, was he injured? I didn't see him because he didn't get a touch in the third quarter. Or that's what the AFL stats say. Do you know? Or I think he only had, he had 20 with 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. Mm. And he only finished with 30. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if he was off for a lot. But he was off for a lot of that last quarter as well. Mm. Yeah, it was, oh God, that really annoyed me when I saw King, um, yeah. Steele and like Heal on those guys on the bench. I was like, oh, but... Ah. You need them on the ground, don't you? Yeah. I mean, there were there were so many positives, but I think that third quarter really kind of tore us apart. And I think that's almost been a pattern this year where we've either, I mean, the games that we've got close to winning, like the Adelaide game, the Sydney game, we've got off to a really good start, but mm. we're just, I reckon we're a little bit inex- inexperienced to play four quarters of footy at the moment. Yeah. Do you think that um, the injuries play a factor there? Because yesterday we had Burns, 
um, Shaman, who we haven't mm. talked about yet, but oh. he's actually looking pretty good, isn't he? Shaman's looking so, mate. I love Shaman. It was so, <laughs> like seeing him kick those goals from the boundary where, I mean, even elite players in the comp this year have been struggling to kick. It's been a really poor goal-kicking year when you really think about it compared to mm. how it was a few years ago. But oh, if he can get some muscle on him, I, I could actually see him being him and Max King being the key forwards for the Saints for years to come. So, God, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's probably the highlight of the year, for me at least, was the development of King because the first half of the year he showed a lot of signs. He was clunking it. He was marking it. He just couldn't kick straight. Yeah. And we all just knew, well, that's an easy fix. Mm. And in the uh, in the buy, something's clicked. Matthew Lloyd, all that news came out that he wanted to help, but we didn't let Matthew Lloyd help King and um, – Ruffy and the guys have done a good job because he's kicked like 23 goals, four or 23, mm. five in the second half of the year, which is really good. Yeah, that's been that's been huge for us. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if he did do a bit of work with Lloyd without the club knowing because oh, it, just, yeah. it, it really feels, you can't like the turnaround he's had and over that bye, like I would not be surprised if he was at a park having a kick with Lloyd because they have such a good bond. But going back to the injuries, I reckon injuries have really screwed us. Like, Half the year, I reckon we've had seven maybe players that would be in our first team that were injured for, you know, at different times. But that mm. loss of Patton and, um, you know, only having Ryder and Marshall together for a little bit of the year, I think, you know, would have been so – if we had Ryder last night, if we had Patton last night, if we had Josh Battle without injury, Gresham. how he was last year. Gresham, Massive. Um, you know, Bytel when he's fit and he's playing well, Frawley. Like there's Highmore, Highmore like, missed as well. There's so many. Yeah, depth. you can go on, can't you? Now I have a question here. We talking about you know it's obviously been a tough year because we are deep when injuries aren't a thing. Do you reckon it's yep. time to let Loney go to another club? Because I think he's a really good player. He's been kicking goals in the VFL, but you know we've obviously got our Dan Butler. We've got a fair few small forwards. Do you reckon it's maybe time to let him walk and let him go at a club where he's going to play? Yeah, I think that's a fair call. I mean, we've given him a few chances, haven't we? Mm. He's always, in the offseason, Jack Loney is always one of the top names when it's uh, Saints trade news. Yeah. It's always Loney. It's been Dunstan for a couple of years and it hasn't happened. But I feel like this year is that year where we can say, well, we gave Dunstan a fair run mm. and he, he did well for half of those games yeah. and he dropped off, right? Yeah. Um, same with Loney. Loney kicks four or five goals a week at Sandy mm. every week. Yeah. It's easy for him. But when he comes in and plays for us in the firsts, he, you, he went at, I think, four goals in his first 10 or so games mm. for the year. And that's not good enough for a small forward. Yeah. I think I think it was almost a bit like a Jack Noon situation where his good and his bad are way too much of a gap. Like if you look at someone like, um, let's say, Steele or Butler last year, their bad games and their good games weren't that different nah. apart versus... Loney, he can go unseen for a whole game, but then his good games, he can come in and slot four or five. So, And then another one adding on to that, are there any other players you think it might be time to let go? Do you reckon Ross or someone that we could package that has value to maybe get ourselves a, a big player, and who would that big player be? Um, so I think the players that are going to have question marks over their heads would be Loney one, Dunstan the other, uh, Seb Ross, yep. and we still don't know what's happening, but with Jack Jack Billings. Mm. So I think Jack Billings, um, he's got the most value out of all of the players that I think he'd a potential chance to leave the club. Mm. Um, I'm hearing maybe a North Melbourne or a Hawthorne could be interested in Jack Billings. Yeah. And Hawthorne would be a good pick because they want to use the ball. Yeah. They've always been a really good kicking team. Mm. So I could see them suiting suiting that system. 
and we'd probably get a second round draft pick. But to get like, I feel like Ben King would be the one we want. But do we need another tall forward? Is the question? Yeah, that's- probably not. But he's too good to not try and get right. The one good thing with someone like Ben King is the way that, you know, he started his career down back for a lot of it. He could play a lot. But another one I was thinking, I know there's been news about Nick Caulfield showing interest Mm. from North and Hawks and stuff. Would you, like, I think someone, I think one thing that we're lacking a little bit is a bit of flair in some ways. Like, we've got our steer, we've got our Jones. But I feel like if we could have a class player for the future, like a Noah Anderson, for example, he grew up as a Saints man. I met him at a function at the Saints before he was drafted. You know, it was somewhere where he wanted to come. His dad works at the Saints. Like, there's there's a lot of connections there. Would you like? I, I mean, I I would do it, but I'm not sure. Something even where it would be, you know, I doubt they'd give it up. But Ross, uh, Caulfield, a few picks, things like that. How much value do you reckon Noah has? And do you reckon he'd be good at the club? Uh, I think he'd be very good at any club. He's a very talented player. Um, I definitely have him at the Saints. What they would want for him, it depends on. I mean, what his contract situation is. I'm not sure if he's got a year left or he's couple of years to go but um i know ben king's got until the end of 2022 i believe so i think maybe noah anderson might be the same yeah i think they all signed similar deals four year or something i think three or four years um they definitely want a first round draft pick and a player i think ben king probably demands two first round draft picks it'd be this year's hypothetically this year's Mm. and then next year's Mm. the future pick and then a player yeah agreed Whereas I think Noah's probably more like a, a first rounder, maybe a second and a player or yeah. something. I think, yeah, I think Ben King, I mean, he'll be a star. I think that's the same with the Kings. If they can bulk up a bit, get a bit more muscle. Because I think last night, one of the key takeaways with King, now that he's actually started leading, I think that was a bit he struggled with at the start of the year. But mm. if he can get a bit of muscle in his legs, I mean, he's, he's muscly, but a bit more like where he can, you know, get rid of their, you know, in like a, what do you call it, a standing one-on-one contest. Just a one-on-one, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I think hopefully we'll be good. But if you could get a few players this season into the Saints, who would it be? That's, yeah. like, realistically. Oh, well, I mean, the top pick, I always wanted, and I think we still need a really classy midfielder. Yeah. You know, Jack Steele's very, he's elite. Mm. He's a gun. He's going to be All-Australian again. He's going to be top, if he's not top three in the Brownlow medal, something's wrong, yeah. but he's going that well. Um Josh Kelly was the one that I really wanted. Yep. And now he's gone and he's signed that massive eight-year deal. He's triggered that clause in his contract. So that's off the market. Yep. I, I don't know how many other midfielders are around that are that sort of ilk, mm. that are really classy, get a lot of the ball, and they use the ball. Yep. Um, that, that would be the, the top priority for me and another key back. Mm. But I don't know if there's too many around. And there was news the other day of Talia from Adelaide yep. being delisted. Um, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on him. I mean, there's question marks, injury prone. He's 29. The bottom team or one of the bottom teams yeah. have delisted him. So, like, what do you think about Tyler? I reckon, I mean, I've, because I'm, yeah, I didn't really, I've, I've only really paid full attention to the footy in the last probably three or four years. But yeah. before that, I mean, I've watched, I've been watching a fair few highlight clips of him recently after I saw that you posted about that. I'm just, not sure because we've taken risks with McKernan. We've taken risks with delisted players. It's worked occasionally, um, mm. but I reckon we've got to look for young talents because we've got our Frawley. We've got a lot of players, Geary, who are probably, you know, I think Ryder's only got probably a year left in him depending on yeah. how the injuries go. I mean, I, I think next year will be his last season, but 
who knows what happens with this Achilles. Like, if he, he could not play next year, depending on what happens. Like, you never know. Um, but going back to the one, the classy midfielder, I was thinking I've been chatting a lot with my dad. I reckon someone like an Elliot Yo, who's good mm. at West Coast, but because they are star pack their midfield, he flies under the radar a bit. I reckon someone like him, when you get him and he plays in a team where he'd stand out like the Saints, I reckon he'd be, like, amazing. Yeah, yeah that's a good call. I mean, he's got that... Goddard wasn't that originally, but he became that. Yeah. He's that bigger, taller mid that can go forward mm. or go back and impact there. He could do that, yo, because he does play at half back a lot of the time for West yeah. Coast, like you said, because their midfield's so stacked, he can't get mm. into it. And he could, I, I say he could go forward and kick goals too, but everyone thinks that Nick Caulfield could be that player. Mm. We talked about it. I interviewed some fans after the game yesterday, and a few of them made some good points that, you know, with Highmore coming in and doing such a good job, as that intercept marker, do we need two of him? Yeah. Can Caulfield become a mid? Can he put on some more muscle? Can he be a bit more physical? And if anything, it takes the stress away from mm. him. You know, he's kicking out of defense all the time. It's it's one of the hardest jobs in footy. Maybe give him a new a new role and see if that just puts some more life into I him. I think it was something similar because last year, I mean, was an amazing year for the Saints, obviously. I think Battle and... Caulfield, yeah. they were the two I thought this year could literally boost into an All-Australian team. They, The way they were going, you know, young players looking good. They've obviously not had the season they wanted this year. Um, but I think the thing with Caulfield, and I think it's the thing with a lot of them, is he's a good defender, but he's at that size where with the muscle he has, he's obviously not big enough really to be able to play on a key forward and probably not versatile enough to play on a small forward. But I think a move maybe into the midfield. I reckon a wing he could suit, depending with Josh mm-hmm. Battle. Um, and that maybe would be if Billings was to leave this offseason, he could maybe suit into the wing. But I reckon he's got value. And I think that because of the promise he showed last year. And him and Josh Battle, as much as I'd love to keep them, if we could get them and get rid of them for someone amazing, I think it, it could be a really you know worthwhile trade. Yeah, well, I did read... Um, I read a lot on Big Footy and there's always some in the nose. There's some genuine people in the know and then some that pretend mm. to be. So it's a bit confusing to to um, split them apart. But one did suggest that maybe Josh Battle could be part of a Ben King deal. You know, they're losing a big forward. Mm. Josh Battle, I think, could be a good-sized forward. I mean, if Sharman can do it in his first two or three games and kick six mm. goals in, you know, two and a half games, there's no reason why Battle can't be that player for another yeah. club. And if you look at even a club like Collingwood, Josh Battle would be their full forward every oh, yeah. week, wouldn't he? He'd be so really good. He's got that value because he's he's play he's got um he's exceptional in two positions. He's played center half back and yep. been good. For us, he mm-hmm. did that a couple of years ago under yep. Richo, and he's good in the forward mm-hmm. line. And that's where a lot of clubs are lacking at the Agreed. moment. And it could be value. There could be a second round draft pick, but yeah, I think that's one player you probably don't want to lose at the moment. Yeah, I think yeah, I was thinking the same way. It could go two ways. He could become an amazing player, but it's more just who slots in because our our team for the future. I mean, we do have a lot of good young prospects, and I think you know if Sharman has a really good off season, gets you know bulks up a bit. Same with King. Obviously, Membry is a good forward, but he's kind of in between that small forward and a big forward size. But I think yeah, I'm thinking it's a bit of a two way, but. I think we could trade him and get good value for him. And then maybe he'd be better at a club like Collingwood or Gold Coast or somewhere where he's a bit more of the main man instead of being underlooked. Um, But I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one, that one. 
Well, that's, that's why this off-season is going to be so crazy for us. Last year and the year before, we were really active. Um, and the year before, in, uh, it was a 2019, that off-season, that was yeah. huge for us, getting Hill, Jones, Dougal Howard, Paddy Ryder. That changed the mm. look of us in one off-season. Last year, we got Higgins, which was great. Um, Crouch, which is he's yeah. shown some form, and I thought he was pretty good yesterday. Kicked two yep. goals, had 24 touches, did his job. Um but the ones that didn't pay off were the McKernans, the Frawleys, these ones. Um, so I think this year we're going to find that we'll go to the draft. I'd be surprised if we gave away our first draft pick. Um, I, I'd expect us to use it. But if, if Ben King, if there's any chance, you would just do it. You would just do it. Max wants to play with him. Ben wants to play mm. with Max. They've talked about that a number of times. And the way Gold Coast are playing at the moment, like that's – playing into yeah. our favor you know we're struggling but they're just getting mm. pumped every week as well so i think uh, ben would definitely look the into question it. is there though would you rather try get ben king this year or you wait for next year and hope he doesn't re-sign his contract and then we could get him for absolutely nothing i mean obviously we'd have to pay him a big contract but then we could use those other players to trade up like i, I so wish nick dacos wasn't under the father son because if we could get him <laughs> oh he's such a good player yeah, Collingwood are going to have a good one there, aren't they? I hope his career doesn't get wasted there because Collingwood, I mean, right <laughs> now, I mean, they're solid, but a lot of their good players are definitely on the other side of their prime. I mean, Pendlebury's done. I think even someone like Dugowie, I think he'd suit a different club mm. because he's not really getting used the way I reckon he plays and he's put on a bit of a tummy, not obviously unfit, but he's not as you know, as fit as he was in the 2018 season where they made the grand final and things like that. But we're yeah. going to move on a bit now. I think we're going to talk about what's happened this year. So what's your biggest takeaways from this year for the Saints? Uh, biggest takeaways. Our best is very good. Our best is close to a top four type team. We've beaten Richmond. We beat Brisbane. We beat Sydney. We should have beaten Geelong yeah. twice when you think about it. Um, the first time we just couldn't kick straight and the second time we were five goals up flying and let them back into the game. Um, so our best is very good and our worst is close to the worst in the comp. To lose to Adelaide the way we lost and then to lose to Carlton. And you look at Carlton yesterday. Mark Murphy's final game, his 300th game, and they lose by 95 points. And we lost to them two yeah. weeks ago. How do you... That's just embarrassing when you think it's, about it, isn't it? Oh, I... It's a bit. I'm almost speechless to be honest. Because yeah, you think about it. That's our mm. biggest loss since the buy was oh. Carlton, and in that time we've played mm. Port, we've played West Coast, we've played Geelong, we've played Brisbane. You would have picked any one of those to be a big mm. loss. Not oh, Carlton. it was crazy. And, and then if you put it in the way where if we were to beat Adelaide, we were to beat Sydney in that really tight one. We beat Geelong yesterday. If we even were to fight against Carlton. Yep. Those wins, that's four or five wins, we sit fifth. We're fine, we it's easy. And yeah. pushing for a top four spot because if you put it in the way that when you win one of those big games, all of a sudden that momentum, you know, you're up and about more. Like in those first five yep. weeks, they just look dead after, you know, that big loss against Port early in the year and, you know, all those upsets. Like this year could have mm. been an amazing year if injuries were in our favour, if we didn't lose those tight ones. Like, And when you think about it, mate, we had injuries, we had a tough fixture, but the only reason we aren't playing finals mm. is on us. That Adelaide loss, that wasn't because mm. of injuries. That was mentality. We got ahead of ourselves and parked the bus and Adelaide yeah. came back in. The Carlton game, 
we knew winning that game mm. meant top eight, and we we were fifty points down in the yeah. third quarter to Carlton. You know, so those two games alone, you win those, and we are probably almost locked in yeah. finals, top eight, and all we do is have to beat Frio mm. in the last day. You know, and that's not regarding injuries yeah. or the fixture. That's yeah. just on us, and we couldn't it do was, it. Yeah, it was really disappointing. It's been a really hard year being a Saints fan. God, yes. I was that excited <laughs> at school. I was like, I even made a bet I was that confident that if Essendon made the eight, my mate went for Essendon, and the Saints didn't, I had to get my ears pierced, which I'm really scared about now. Oh, mate, that's not I, a good I idea. Was literally, I was thinking <laughs> top five, do? top four, the way we played last year, and I was thinking we'd only get better because, yeah. you know, young core um, and things like that. But, God, the, that Adelaide game – my sister started crying because I how much I was screaming. I threw a controller, yeah. didn't hit anything. It was safe, but if I could have, if I had all the money in the world, that TV would have been in pieces. It was, it was that devastating. Oh. Like you were that. I was that excited. We were up thirty six zero. The percentage. I was like, Dad, this percentage could help us send us into the eight yep. later in the year. I'm a big, I'm a very big kind of numbers guy in the way of percentage. Like that's always been my yeah. favorite thing when I do cricket which is my main sport that i actually play you know it's all driven on percentage and things like that so the whole year i've been looking out for that and oh hey we're still mathematically a chance if you're a numbers Mm. guy mathematically right now we all we need is for essendon to lose both games west coast to lose both games and i think um richmond to lose and we have to win by a lot next week and that's it so we, we can still do it do you know There's what it reminds chance. me of? In 2019, um, my dad is mates with a few people that work at the Saints. And in 2019, I was having a dinner with one of them who worked there. And it was round, uh, what was it, maybe 19 with three games to go. And I'd gone on the ladder predictor mm. and I was like, we've got a chance here. If Richmond, the Premiers, lose by 240 to North <laughs> and then these guys win by 100 and then West Coast draw with us. Like it was just... It was really funny. It's oh, there's been that many years now, and I mean, in my year, like since I was born, I haven't really that golden era from whatever it was to 2010, 11. I kind of missed and things like that. Oh, so yeah, I've always oh, I was starting, I was starting to get very excited last year because I was like, oh, this is the year I make the eight, and I was telling people at school and like, oh, this could be the year we go to a prelim or something crazy, but it hasn't really panned out that way. You know the the the, um, the blessing out of all this is because of COVID, we're not going to miss out on any great like successful moments. It's not like you know like Richmond fans that couldn't go and watch their grand final last year. They've yeah. missed out on that. They saw it the previous couple of years, so that's fine. But for us, I'm I would hate to to win our second flag and not be mm-hmm. able to be at the G with every yeah. other Saints fan and cheer and go mm-hmm. to St Kilda afterwards. So um, hopefully, if COVID can just, you know, just leave. That'd be nice. And then I have a theory the though, and I don't know if this, if you agree with this, but lockdown Butler, when we're in lockdown and there's no crowds, is the best player in the comp. <laughs> he was the best small forward there in the comp. Small forward. That was a bit of an over-exaggeration. He's the best player. player. <laughs> yeah, he was, best at, no, he was better yeah, than Gusty. What are you talking about? Nah, yeah, he, he would be one of the, um, I wouldn't say low lights of the year, but just kind of, um, I don't know, just. A bit upsetting that he didn't pick up on that form because he missed out on all Australian mm. last year and yeah had a bet that mm. he would definitely make it. it was, this year. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Like he, he did show glimpses this year, but half of the games it was almost like he wasn't playing. Is the honest truth? And there was 
talks of him getting dropped, and same with Brad Hill early in the year. And I, I was thinking that maybe him getting dropped could give him fire to get back how he was last year. But I think it also cha- – our play style changed a bit this year. We weren't as far – like, you know, I think it showed a bit yesterday and a bit in a few games. But last year, I think we had the most play-ons in the comp by a huge margin. Like, every mm. time we'd get a mark, Butler would be running past. Or, you know, we played quick footy. I think this year something's changed or we slowed down a bit more and not as confident. I think that's a lot to do with the first ten of yeah, first ten weeks. I'd say we didn't really adjust um, quickly to mm. the man on the mark rule that came in, and that's I think that's why we saw so many blowouts in the first ten weeks for us. Is that we were playing too fast that our defense moved out of position quickly, but then we mm. turned the ball over, and when the opposition got it the other way. Their men were all free and they'd yeah. kick easy goals. Whereas slowing it down means you're in your structure stays mm. a bit longer. Um, but it probably means you're not going to kick a lot of goals. But I think we've found a little bit of a balance. I thought yesterday was pretty good, mm. but Geelong were just too good in the end. And you look at the Sydney and Brisbane games mm. in the last month, and that to me is peak oh. Saints footy. That's exactly how we want to play football. But not every week you're that going to be Brisbane able to do that. That Brisbane game was so good. I, I, happen, I happen to be up in Brisbane, so I went to the game and watched it. And, oh, it, it just felt so good. We were playing good footy. And I think also one of the reasons why I think we've slowed down a bit, I think last year a lot of the teams in the comp weren't really playing that quick footy. And now I think, you know, I think Bulldogs did it pretty well last year. The good teams did it well. But I think now a lot of the teams in the offseason went, let's play quick footy, let's do that. And I think that could be part of the reason why we didn't play as well because you can see when we slow it down in the recent games, like at Adelaide when we really kind of took the foot off the pedal and relaxed and they played quick footy, that's where we really got, you know, killed really. Yeah, well, I think I've always said that we're at our worst when we try to defend. Mm. Our best defense is attack, Yeah, which I think is it's exciting when the game's open and the, the opposition just let you play that way. But when it's a game like yesterday, look at the pretty much after quarter time, Geelong just don't give us the ball, mm. chip it around, slow it down. We get all defensive. We put our, all our players in the, in the back half. And then when we get the ball, we're too deep and we have no one to kick to. Yeah. And our game plan is completely stuffed. So I think if anything, Rats and the coaches really need to work on a a plan B, a plan C, a plan D for when different situations arise in games. Yeah, and I think if they do that, we can definitely play really good footy. And I think that brings us to the next point. What was your favourite part of the year? What did you, you know, the biggest takeaway, whether it was steel, and we'll get on the steel on the brown low in a minute, but what was your what was your favourite bit? Uh, favourite bit would have to be, yeah, Jack Steele continuing his form, but also, because we'll talk about him in a bit, but the other highlight would have to be Max King's development. I think even last year, I was pretty amazed with some of the things that he was able to do on a footy field in his first year after being injured. Um, but this year, it, it, he's just more aggressive. He's he, he You can tell that he's confident yeah. in his own body and in his own skill. He knows that he belongs. Mm. And I love that. He had so much pressure on him in the first half of the year on his kicking. Everyone was saying, don't kick it to King because he'll miss. But he was able to fix that in the bye. Yeah. You know, and the coaches, yes, you can give them credit and say, yep, they taught him how to kick. But in the game, he's so focused now that he's delivering it weekly. Um, And 
He'll be, he's going to be a match winner for us. Mm. Oh, we can have we could have ten bad players in a game, but if Max King has a, a good game, that might be enough to win. Oh, That's definitely. how good he can be. Yeah, and as soon as he you know gets big enough to be able to get rid of the biggest forwards in the comp in the you know the contest where he's not moving and whatever. But mm. I think that was also a bit where at the start of the year he struggled a bit. I, I think I've noticed a big change in the last five weeks with his leading and things like that. Because I think at the start of the year, he was kind of standing there waiting for the ball to come to him. But now he's really, you know, getting the ball to himself by working hard for it. And I think that's also made a huge difference since the buy. Maybe that was something they talked about with him focusing on leading. Um, But, I mean, his marking in the last eight weeks has been amazing. And you've got to give credit to the midfield too. I think our whole forward line as a whole has actually changed because Member is leading. But I think even having someone like Sharman come in, He's not a big guy, so he's not going to demand the ball on his head. He's not going to take contested marks. So he's always leading. That's how he's getting his goals, and I think that encourages the rest of the forwards to to do that as well, to get on the move. And and King's marks, he's taking a lot of contested, but a lot of them are from the side where he's not manned up. He can just float in and take a mark. Um, so I think once, yeah, like you said, once he puts on size and he starts bullying defenders... It's going to be exciting. I agree. And talking about Sharman there, you know, he's, I think he's a bit like memory and we'll get to memory now with he's, do you think he's a bit, I think he's a bit too short to be a tall defender and a bit too tall to be, you know, a damn Butler small defender. Do you reckon something that he could work on maybe this off season is being a bit more agile so he can play a bit more of a small forward role? Cause he's not really that height. I'm, I'm not really sure. You're saying Sharman? No, uh, memory. Oh, memory. Yeah. Um, what's he? He's like six two or six three. Yeah. Uh, but I think the one thing memory has over a lot of other forwards is his that one foot jump gets yeah. him higher than a lot of players. Mm. Um, and I think that's why he's he's been able to do so well playing on taller defenders. Yeah. Like he's played on six foot five, six foot six defenders that should really mm. outreach him nine times out of ten, but he times his jumps so perfectly that. They can't, yeah. um, but I, I couldn't. I don't think he'd be a small forward or anything. But what I I think he's mobile enough to go up the ground to go into defense. We've seen that from him. Mm. So I don't think his his game plan or his styles ever going to change. He yeah. is who he is, and he's mm-hmm. doing enough every week. Um, and he's in the leadership group, so clearly the yeah. boys rate him, and that's yeah. a big part of his role as, as well as to to lead the boys. Do you think he could maybe? form into a backman at some point if our forward line gets a bit big because I think you know the moments he obviously often goes down there towards the end mm. of quarters when you know we can't afford to lose a goal and he does so well down there do you reckon he if he wants to reach his full def- uh, potential do you reckon he might be a backman yeah I mean I did um I was chatting to a mate of mine and I thought well you know there's no way we could have Max King Ben King Sharman Rowan Marshall resting forward say if we've got Paddy back and he's in the ruck Marshall going forward is actually huge for us as well because he mm. can kick goals. You can't put Membry there. And Membry's pretty good at reading the ball in general. And yeah. if like if we put Caulfield up the ground, maybe there's a chance there's an opening for someone like Membry to go back. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know if it'd be a permanent change, but I think depending on who's fit, who's injured, who we're playing, if they don't have tall forwards, there's probably no reason to put member in the back line but if you're playing a west coast or a a brisbane or a geelong that have some big forwards yeah throw them down there 
Yeah, I think he could play well on someone like Hipwood because he's, you know, he's got solid pace. Um, yeah. But do you reckon we're talking about, obviously, Ron Marshall when he rests forward when Paddy, if it's, you know, coming to the end of Paddy's career, which it is, is it worth going after a Ruckman? Um, I think, was it Rory Lobb that was potentially out of contract from Fremantle? Um, yep. I was interested in you know, going for someone like him. He's, I think he's 28 or 29, but he's a very capable goal kicker and he's very good in the ruck and he's mobile. I think having someone like him for a year or two with Marshall would be great. Yeah. Gives Paddy one more year. And then we can't forget, we've also got Max Heath, who's playing yeah, for, course. I think, Sandy Dragons. Yeah. Um, and he's a very big boy already. Mm. He's over, I think he's over 95 kilos, mm. 205 centimetres. And from all reports, he plays like Rowan Marshall. He's yeah. modelled his game on row, yeah. um, and he can go forward and hit the scoreboard. So I think we've got a, we've got some stock there. Mm. Um, we just need maybe one more, whether it's a mature age like a lob or someone a bit younger. But yeah. we've got Heath there to, to to train up as well. And I was just thinking, a bit of a forgotten player this year was Carlisle when he went out with that injury. Is yeah. he retiring or – I mean, I don't think he fits the way we play and maybe it's time to move him on for a pick or, you know, a solid uh, depth player. But what, what's on mm. with him? I I, uh, I have a feeling he'll retire. Mm. I think he's had two um, – you know, the last year he's basically had back problems. Yeah. He's had surgery twice. He he honestly can't get one or two games in without hurting his back. Yeah. Um, and – with us moving on, we've got Highmore now. We've got Caulfield. Wilkie's doing a great job on bigger forwards. Dukes is there. Um, we might even pick up another defender at the draft or even trade someone in. Mm-hmm. There's no room for Carlisle. I think he's turning 30 yeah. uh, or 31. I reckon he puts family first. And another thing is he's on a fair bit of money. Mm. And I think we want to open up some salary. Yep just to get some players in to be able to even re-sign players because Jack Steele was signed two years ago for mm. another two years. But the deal he took was significantly less than what he deserved at the yeah. time. But they told him, well, in two years when the salary cap adjusts, we'll give you more. Yeah. And I think we need to – him, Robertson as well, mm. was on good money. He's yep. retired. Um, so I'd be very surprised if, if Carlisle goes on for another year. Yeah, I'm thinking the same. We're getting to the back end of the podcast now, but we're going to talk a little bit about next year beforehand. Where do you see the Saints coming next year? Oh, you want me to give you a ladder prediction? Yep. Let's hear it. Fifth. You reckon fifth of the Saints? Yeah, I'm assuming that we are not going to have the the bad luck that we've had with injuries. Yep. We're going to have Patton back. We're going to have Gresham back. Hannes is going to get, he's going to play over 15 games. People probably listening are going to think I'm dreaming because of it. But I really think, you know, we didn't talk about him, but I thought 18 disposals yesterday. I think he had 10 in the last quarter. Mm. That was good. Yeah. Good return for Hannes. And his kicking was beautiful. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think fifth. I think that Max King's going to get a bit more support, but he's also going to be able to dominate some games. Yep. Steel's going to be steel. Mm. We're going to get Gresham back, and we cannot underestimate how good Jade Gresham is mm. and how important he is for us. Oh, yeah. His clearance work is elite, and we talk about small forwards not being able to hit the scoreboard. Mm. Dean Kent probably will be moved on, yep. and we'll have Higgins, Butler, and I'd love to see Gresh rotate forward as well. Oh. So I think I think we'll be okay. I think this year, to me, is just a learning year. Yep. Um, 
as much as I'm really frustrated like anyone else and I had high hopes about the year, we've played more top eight teams than any other club. We've had more injuries than any other club. Um, the hardest fixture in the comp. Yeah. This might be the year that we look back on and go, we needed that. We needed to have that bad luck to draft Burns, Connolly, yeah. and get all the youngsters in. Do you know what's really funny? At the start of the year when I was reading on ladder predictors and stuff, almost every single analysis had Saints as the biggest dropper and the finished 10th, 11th, 12th. Really? And I, I was reading, I, I ended up, I copied the link and I saved a few of them. Um and I could find them um, yep. at some point. But they all had the Saints outside of the eight. There was one out of the ten. It was a Fox footy one that had them wow. finishing eighth. And I was like, it was a bit shocking. And I was like, oh, I was thinking, you know, fifth, sixth this year, sixth last year. You know, we can only improve maybe a prelim, something like that. But I'm still so interested to see why, why they all thought we were going to drop before all the injuries and stuff. I think it was the fixture. I think they saw mm. the fixture and thought, geez, that's hard. Yeah. You know, we've played yesterday was the twelfth time this year we've played a top eight team, I think, from last year or something. It's absurd. The mm. next best is like eight or nine yeah. times. That's I mean, the AFL fixture has always been something that I've looked at and thought, how do they pick these games? Yeah. How do they work that out? I agree. I I'm a bit yeah, because like some good teams, like some of the top uh, top four teams have got, you know, um, Suns twice, North twice, yep. stuff like that. I wonder, like, there's got to be a more fair way you can do it because if you put it in the way, Saints, if we didn't have those, whatever you said, 12 top eight team playing times or whatever you call it, that could be the difference between 10th and 7th. Like it's... Just, just do 18 games... Play one game at home, one game away every club or something. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea, that's I reckon. It. And maybe even similar skill level, or depending on how you went in preseason or something, maybe that chooses how good you. You know, if you win, go best in preseason, you face the person that goes worst in preseason twice or mm. something like. Maybe a fixture where it's where that actually matters, or you know, it's not just luck based. But yeah, you know, you said you think fifth for the Saints next year. Do we make it past the first round of the finals? What's, what's your tip with that? Yeah, I think so. I look at the top four this year, and to be honest, I was thinking yesterday, you know, after the Bulldogs lost to Hawthorne, mm-hmm. they were woeful. Yep. And I was thinking, is this the weakest top four that we've seen in a long time? Because we've, like, you know, Port Adelaide are, are great, but they're also really prone to losing to top eight teams. They're just very good at beating bottom teams. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs have lost to Hawthorne. Melbourne are up and down and um, they drew to Hawthorne and have struggled. They lost to Collingwood only five weeks ago. Um, Geelong lost to GWS last week at home and and are aging. And I think this is the last year their window is open and then it's going to close very quickly. I just, I feel like if we didn't have the injuries and we had have won an extra couple of games, even sneaking into the finals, we could have been a very dangerous team. Mm. Um, and that's why I'm pretty excited about next year. I think that we've got the biggest room to improve out of all the teams, yep. probably um, with a chance of making finals. Mm. So we just need a bit of luck. That's all we need. Yeah, I agree. But that's it. we're going to have to close it off now. It's been a solid stint of the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. It was obviously a bit of a late notice pull out and then a pull in again. And <laughs> it was a bit of a all weird good. one. But, hey, it was good fun. It's good chatting to fellow Saints fans. I love when I do that because... 
you know, you obviously share such similar interests and I'm so intrigued with it and so are you and things yep. like that. But guys, make sure to go check out Jake's socials, Saints TV official on Instagram. If you do want to check out his podcast, I've had a listen to it. You do it with two mates, right? Yeah, Joycey and Marshy. Yeah, yep. love that podcast. I've, oh, I haven't listened to too much of it, but the most recent episode from last week I really enjoyed. That's the Saints TV podcast on Spotify and Apple Music. You can follow my socials, 56 Grid, on all my socials. This podcast will be out on that YouTube channel. But thank you very much, and I look forward to seeing you guys at episode 24 of Vaxing the Future. We out.